In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Two months into the war between Israel and Hamas, new details are emerging about what some Israeli women were subjected to on the 7th of October. Allegations of sexual violence are now being investigated. Mandana Dayani is a Jewish-Iranian-American political activist, and she spoke at the United Nations earlier this month. When our women's mouths were bound and gagged, you chose not to be their voice. UN Women, it took you 50 days to condemn this gender-based violence and another seven to utter a single word about the terrorists that perpetrated them. When we commit to speaking out for women and girls, that means all women and girls. Israel's Physicians for Human Rights is one group looking into what Israeli women and girls endured. Dr. Nadav Davidovich worked on their report. He's dean of the School of Public Health at Ben-Gurion University. Dr. Hello. Hello. From your investigation, what have you learned about how widespread sexual violence against Israeli women on the 7th of October was? So I need to say that uh, I'm working in the field of uh, human rights for more than two decades. Uh, I'm a public health uh, physician. I never experienced uh, such a thing. I never thought in my life I will deal with uh, such uh, horror stories. Uh, I have many colleagues that um, are working as first responders. And um, already on October 7th and 8th, uh, I heard uh, some uh, things from uh, my colleagues from different parts of the attacks and I thought you know initially that maybe this is anecdotal it was very hard even to believe I thought that maybe things went wild but then after a few days uh, it was clear for me and also for some of my colleagues and also physicians from my rights that no this is something that is structured uh, it was taking place both at the Nova Music Festival and also uh, in military bases in some of the kibbutzim. And um, we knew that uh, the police is going to investigate, is indeed investigating, but what we understood that uh, this is going to take a long time because the bar is very high for the legal aspects. And then we started to see that we must give the voice, especially for the victims, some of them may die, but also for the survivors. And sexual violence is something that is being diminished uh, for decades. We know the Me Too uh, uh, movement. And then we started uh, to write our report. Uh, we thought also that it is important as a human rights organization that many times working about Palestinian rights, that we are going to show uh, the world what, what exactly happened. And we were shocked to see the indifference and the silence And by the way, the beginning also within Israel. Let me ask you about that indifference and silence in a moment. But just walk us through how you're going about 
doing this investigation? How is, given the sensitivities, the trauma th- that uh, was endured on the 7th of October, how is the evidence being collected and being examined? So first of all, we're not doing it alone. And indeed, this is very, very sensitive. And you must be careful not to re-traumatize. And you need to be very patient also, because there are things that cannot be said immediately and need some time. And we are first and foremost responsible towards the victims. I myself working in the field of uh, collective trauma also for many years. And uh, we were working with a, a women organization uh, here in Israel. And we started to see uh, evidence that some of it was also available uh, with uh, uh, you know clips that were even on Telegram sent by Hamas. Later they were deleted. Uh, we were speaking with uh, first responders. Again, I'm working in the health field for many, many years, and uh, I have also lots of uh, colleagues. I was myself uh, a physician in the military because in Israel it's compulsory, so I served in the military as a physician. So we started to collect uh, uh, testimonies, and finally we could have a, a picture, a picture that is that is horrifying. By the way, not just women uh, were raped and killed and uh, being abused sometimes by several people together, uh, also men. Uh, and we know also now that we are working with families of those abducted and, and some that returned from being kidnapped. Uh, they also told us some of the stories. And indeed, this is very, very sensitive. And I think that what is important here to understand that this was something that we never saw. It's something that is structured, that it was pre-planned. This is something that is going to be with us for for years and and and, and decades. Are you speaking directly with with sur- I mean, again, understanding the sensitivities of this, as you've said, but are you speaking directly with survivors of the seventh of October? I'm speaking with people that uh, gave uh, both uh, the immediate care, people that I'm working with them for sometime two decades, that I know them very very well. There are people, of course, talking with them, but uh, much more experienced than I am, and also mostly women. I'm, I'm a man, and that's also something that is important uh, to, to remember. But finally, we know also from the literature in similar cases, uh, cases of, of, of war, things that happened in Ukraine and things that happened in Rwanda and other places, uh, that unfortunately many times it's very hard to collect data. Many times these things are being silenced, sometimes even by Israelis, because uh, it's sometimes even hard to comprehend and it's a national trauma. I know that sometimes it can be used for political reasons, but we are doing it first and foremost for the survivors. And these sexual and uh, gender-based crimes uh, must be treated and must be given adequate, professional, informed uh, treatment. So we also... We want that the Israeli system will be uh, well aware about what, what happened. How do you go about ensuring, to your point, that th- th- there's a war that's underway where information is is being weaponized? And as you said, sometimes things can be used for political reasons as well. How do you ensure that something like this doesn't become part of that information war, doesn't become political fodder? I'm talking with people that are trusted, that are within the system, that were first responders. I'm talking with the people working, doing the forensic evidence that I 
trust them and you know some of them are also volunteers with physicians for human rights and believe me that for all of us we wish nothing of this happened uh, because this is so horrible um and we were very very careful and after probably two or three weeks of examining what is there we came into a conclusion and we thought that this would be irresponsible for a human rights organization not to talk about gender-based violence as a weapon of war that happened during October 7th horrible Hamas attack. Now, this is something that any human rights person must shout. The testimonies coming from many different uh, places are crystal clear for us. And we are bringing evidence of human rights violation from many different aspects, from different sides. We felt that are morally driven to defend the right of health. And believe me, I know it's very hard to comprehend, but this is something that took us hundreds of hours and finally to write the paper that is available online. It was presented at the UN. And again, we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with some others that are experts in this field of sexual uh, uh, violence. Of course, again, there are legal people that are doing it and there it's something different. We're talking about the moral and human uh, rights aspect and also our responsibility to these women that finally need to have treatment, also their families. You mentioned your concerns earlier around what you characterize as indifference. Um, and we heard that at the very beginning of the conversation from Mandan and Dayani. There have been accusations that organizations like, for example, UN Women, um, who have fought against sexual violence in the past, have been slow to react or have been silent about what happened on the 7th of October. What do you make of that? I think in general, it's very sad to see that uh, people reaction nowadays many times because of social media and populism um, are extremely shallow and simplistic. So it's, you know, like black and white, either if I'm going against this, so uh, immediately I'm being categorized as someone that uh, doesn't care about a Palestinian suffering. I'm considering myself as a human rights person uh, for years, but I don't think that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is a black and white. Uh, and sometimes, especially young people that um, are not aware about this really very complex uh, history, uh, just uh, talking about things that I don't even understand, they don't even know how to put on the map. And uh, I think it's a, the tragedy of Palestinians that they have Hamas uh, as uh, their government. Um, as a human rights person, I think that everybody in the world must be knowledgeable of what happened and that Hamas cannot stay there. Hamas is the government and if we want peace, and I want peace, believe me, I have many Palestinian students. Uh, we are working with uh, them, and I still have people in Gaza that I'm in touch with them. Uh, we must uh, see how Hamas is totally out of the picture. This is horrible. You said there was some indifference, though, within Israel as well. Can you just briefly tell me about that? Unfortunately, sexual violence is something that many times is hard to speak about. Um, both on on personal level, you know, for of course for the victims, um, many times you have this horrible thing about blaming the victims about so-called sexual conduct or uh, thinking about families and and, the sh and shaming and and and, and stigma. 
Uh, and also in terms of um, something that I don't like, but it it's there called like sometime national pride or something like that. But uh, it's clear that uh, Hamas was using, using it as, as, as a weapon. But in any case, again, the first that we are interested are the victims. Some of them are not alive. You have then the, the you know, the second circle, uh, the, the families, the friends. Um, and finally, all, all of Israeli society, by the way, including Israeli Arabs, uh, they, are, they were shocked about w- what, what happened. And uh, this is something that I never thought that I will be dealing mm. with. Just finally, before I let you go, last week there was a group of former politicians uh, in Canada, women who had been in politics, who uh, they're across the political spectrum, but they came together and they asked for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to help Israel in this investigation. Is that something that you think Israel should welcome? In general, Israel, uh, Israelis, we know very, we are very well connected with uh, different international um, experts. Uh, so we have this connection. I think uh, definitely it's uh, always good to to consult in terms of the more, let's say, official kind of uh, police uh, legal issues. That's something that I'm less involved. I think it's also very important, but this will take lots of time. I think that uh, having consultation with international experts, and I know that in Canada there are, I think it's very important. I think there's also the question of solidarity, of working together with other women organizations. So I think it's a good idea. But finally, you know, that's something that happened here. And sometimes it's very hard to understand the context uh, from outside. It's possible, but um, I think it should be done, but in a sensitive way. Dr. Davidovich, we'll leave it there. I'm glad to talk to you about the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dr. Nadav Davidovich is Dean of the School of Public Health at Ben-Gurion University. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.